All right, guys. This just goes to show how hard we are into that fantasy life. We are recording this pod during the 10th inning of Game 7, the World Series. Chicago looking to break their uh, 100-plus year drought. But we don't really care. It's all about fantasy football here on Bench Dash. So we're back. I was asleep while you were talking about that. That was the most boring thing I ever heard in my life. I don't care if it's Game 7 against two teams that have been bad for years. Who cares? Baseball's dumb. Stop listening to this if you like baseball. <laughs> Let's Tell alienate really cool. our hey, like, three I like listeners. Baseball. Hey, I like baseball, <laughs> so you can still listen to us just for me because I'm a baseball fan. Right. Don't listen to Leo. He doesn't know anything. I know things. Uh-oh. It's not about baseball. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did something just happen? Did it? I think something just happened in the game. I'm not, I can't watch it, but... Uh, Twitter's freaking out. Oh, Cleveland scored. It's a one-run game now. Oh, my God. It's a one-run game. Woo! Oh, shit. See, this, this pod is already just off the, off the rails. Let's, let's bring it back to fantasy football here. Okay. Week nine. Week nine. We are officially in week nine. Home the second stretch. half of the season has arrived. Woo. And we can finally put Jamal Charles out to pasture. Oh, my God. It's, so, it's kind of a relief. As someone who drafted Jamal and spent the first half of the season being, like, his only apologist. Not his only, but one of the few apologists. Yeah. It's, it's nice to just finally have it over with. It I don't painful. know. There are quite a few Jamal apologists. I feel like there was a lot of wear love early in the season. But yeah. as soon as word was that Jamal was coming back in that Pittsburgh game, then... Honestly, I was seeing a bunch of people just saying that Ware has no value, and he got dropped in a lot of leagues from Man. what I read on Reddit. Hopefully you benefited from that, because that, that, that was a dumb move, whoever dropped Ware. <laughs> during yeah, that. and then since then, it's been like this back-and-forth dialogue between the Ware owners and the Charles owners, where they're just trying to justify who they have on the roster, <laughs> essentially. You can always tell. You can always tell, and Jamal owners are saying, no, man, this is... Jamal Charles backfield once he comes back and where owners are like, have you been watching the season? Like, have you watched a game this season? <laughs> Jamal, Jamal is not coming back in full health. And I think it became painfully obvious as soon as he had that setback. Yeah. That was just the end. That was the right moment. If anyone that was still like apologizing for Jamal after the setback was just in denial. Because as soon as it was like, yeah, he has some knee swelling after only 10 touches and his first game back after being out for over a year. And then it's like, oh, nope. This is, this is the first of many reports that turns into cleanup procedure on the IR. And sure enough, there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the RBs, man. They're taking a hit a little bit. I mean, we saw Lacey go out. Yeah. We saw Jamal go out. We've seen Doug uh, Martin apparently have the worst hamstring injury anyone's ever had. <laughs> who, who knows if he's ever going to come back? I mean, oh, I think yeah. we both have him stashed. Yeah, I have him stashed in a league. And I'm just like, at this when? point, I'm not I'm not counting on him ever coming back. But if he does, his playoff schedule is so juicy that you you want to have him on your bench. Yeah. God. Uh, right. But anyways, uh, let's get into uh, week nine trade targets, buys and sells of the week. There are some good ones. Ooh, there are. We of, finally have some good ones. Finally, have some good ones. Uh, a lot of people are still struggling through bye week hell. So if a team is in a must win situation and they have a player that's on bye. You can use that to your advantage. So week nine buys. Let's go ahead and start with one Tyrell Williams of the San Diego Chargers. Tyrell Williams. Tyrell the Gazelle Williams. Tyrell the Gazelle. That's uh, his new nickname. Yeah. I love it. 
Uh, this one, I feel like, I feel like he shouldn't be too expensive to buy because he's been so up and down. Um, yes, yeah. And, and he's now coming off of like a very bad week, so a the owner probably game. probably yeah. frustrated because it's like he has a big week and then you start him and he does nothing, and then you bench him and he has a big week. So they're probably owners probably frustrated. Um, and the sort of the two things that help him is the biggest is that Travis Benjamin is hurt. Um, yeah. has this PCL injury. It turned out to not need surgery or anything. It's just a sprain. But we've seen Lockett try to play through this sprain for the past month, and he hasn't been able to. Like, he's been slow. And if it affects Travis in the same way, he's just going to be a non-factor out there. Um, and Tyrell was already leading the, the team in, in targets going into Week 8. Um, and yeah. so now with a sort of depleted... Travis out there running around. You hope that continues. And then the schedule is really good. Uh, Tennessee this week, yeah. Miami after that, then the bye. Houston, which is his one bad matchup the rest of the year. But then, and then from there on out, my there, goodness. Golden, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Oakland, Cleveland in the fantasy championship. That's like, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at his playoff schedule, you just touch on it. Carolina in week one of the playoffs. They are the worst team against opposing wide receivers, mm-hmm. the worst team in the league. Then you have Oakland, who is the 12th worst. So they're kind of a – they've slowly kind of turned into this middling. I think something just happened in the World Series. <laughs> yeah, the, Cub, the Cubs have just won the World Series, so they broke their 108-year drought. So congratulations to all those uh, Cubs fans out there. I have I'm no sure idea you. why my roommate is screaming about this. As far as I know, he doesn't care about baseball at all. So I don't, I don't know where <laughs> this is coming from. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. but That was quite the celebration. It was the happiest I've heard anyone ever be. That's like, that was like a little girl at a Justin Bieber concert, or how I would be at a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> Well, actually, I think what really happened is that not that the Cubs won the World Series, but he just acquired Tyrell Williams in a trade. <laughs> that was it. He's like, that's, that's I, got him. So I got him. I got Tyrell. Like, yes, look at that playoff schedule. Uh, anyway, let's get, but, back, yeah, Carolina, on, uh, get back on this. Yeah, Carolina. against wide receivers. <laughs> Oakland, they have been lit up, and Tyrell Williams actually lit them up already this season. Mm-hmm. And then Cleveland in the fantasy championship. I mean, jeez. Talk Jesus. about dream schedule. Like you said, Houston's really the only bad matchup. And if the PCL injury slows down Benjamin, like it has other players this season, then Tyrell Williams could be the man. And Phillip Rivers has actually looked good. He's looked really, really good this year. So buy into Tyrell Williams. Yeah, uh, not much more to it than that. Good schedule. Target should increase with Travis a shell of himself. And uh, I guess a little bit of worry with Dontrell Inman. And they kind of seem to seesaw, but... I think Tyrell's at least just like a slightly better player. Um, he at least gets more targets overall, so that's kind of the, the reason it's on him. Yep. So who's next? Next up on the on the Bilo parade, um, this one isn't is like kind of obvious, um, but I still think he's worth like going out and getting because maybe the the owner isn't that key down on it, and that's a uh, Derrick Henry of the. Yes. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, he had his big game last week when um, DeMarco got banged up for a little bit and was out of the game. And then Henry finally got like a real shot at a workload and you know just just feasted with it. it was very good. Um, and now DeMarco Murray has been limited all week. You know, there's talk about limiting his workload when he, you know he's probably going to play. He's have yeah. a limited workload, and Derrick Henry's going to get worked in. And so this could become a committee, and with DeMarco Murray's health. 
history, you know, it's possible that Henry ends up the full-time guy at some point this year. Yeah, and whenever you hear a toe injury with a running back, it's never good. He had his MRI, which came up clean, but he's limited in practice. These toe injuries, we've seen a lot of these toe injuries this season, and they kind of just linger. So you never know. Let it linger. (laughs) Had to bring the cranberries into this (laughs) interview. Well, it's a beautiful nice. thing. <laughs> but to me, when I'm looking at the situation with DeMarco Murray, it, it's not quite the same, but it it mirrors the whole Chris Johnson, David Johnson situation last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, DeMarco Murray is a much better running back than, than Chris Johnson. But Chris Johnson, he had his, his moment in the sun for fantasy football. Uh, he kind of came back. He revived his career a little bit last year, was leading the league and rushing through eight weeks of the season, exactly where we are right now. And he had this talented rookie behind him and David Johnson. And as soon as he went down, David Johnson came in and just lit the world on fire, probably won people some fantasy championships. Yeah. Now, DeMarco Murray, he's on pace for 376 touches this year, which is banana sandwich. I mean, last year... The banana sandwich. Last year, Adrian Peterson, who is a cyborg, uh, or he was a cyborg at least, rest in peace, uh, (laughs) he he led the league with 357 touches. So DeMarco Murray is on pace to smash that with the usage he's getting now. Mm -hmm. And he's already dealing with this lingering toe injury. Who knows how they're going to divvy up the touches Derrick right. Henry's shown that he's very capable. And if DeMarco Murray misses time, then Derrick Henry's a locked and loaded running back one in that offense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what you're counting on. And he shouldn't really cost you that much. I mean, honestly, if you own DeMarco Murray, you should have Derrick Henry on your team mm-hmm. because it's, you know, you're living the uh, dangerous life if you don't. Yeah, I think that's a... Uh, and the schedule is good, too. Um, you know, they get... Even, you know, the next few weeks are good. San Diego, Green Bay you don't love, but then Indy after that. But even if you look ahead to, like, the fantasy playoffs, when it could potentially be him, um, it's Denver, Chiefs, Jaguars, and uh, none of those are scary. Um, I would call Denver and Chiefs, like, at worst, a neutral matchup, and he just he just ran all over the Jags, you know, last week, so we know that's good. Yeah. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Go out and get him. Henry. Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, he was a popular, he was probably a very popular waiver wire ad this week. Yeah. Because uh, he was still available in more than 50% of leagues prior mm-hmm. to that Thursday night game. Uh, so I'm assuming he was a very popular waiver wire ad. And because of that, I doubt anyone's really starting him um, with confidence, at least. Right. Uh, we might bring his name up a little bit later in this show, you know, mm-hmm. some foreshadowing there. But he should be relatively easy to get. Uh, the next and last player on our buy list, we're going to throw out a position I believe we haven't really thrown out in the buy section, or we've done it very rarely at least up to this point in the season, and that's the tight end. Ooh, finally position. bringing in the tight end. Finally bringing in the tight end, and I'm going to go out and say, make an offer or look into trading for Tyler Eifert. Mm. Now, yes. you might be thinking, well... Bench dash. Didn't Tyler Eifert just light up the Washington Redskins in London? Yeah, he did. But Tyler Eifert's going on to his bye week. People still might not be fully bought in on his health 
Uh, they should be. He looked really, really healthy. He looked spry in that game. But the bye week plays a big part because, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, you're getting to the point where people need to win. You're in the must-win section of the season. And mm-hmm. if you have a team that in your league that owns Tyler Eifert and they can't start him this week because he's on the bye, then you can offer something for Tyler Eifert. I mean, you're still going to have to pay a little bit because – He's honestly probably a top three, top five tight end rest of the season. And if you look at his uh, schedule the rest of the way, it's, I mean, it's pretty good. It's not terrible. He gets Cleveland in the in the playoffs. That's what you're looking for, right? First week of the playoffs, he gets Cleveland. Then he gets mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Houston. Uh, Houston's a little bit tough. Houston's kind of, it's one bad matchup in terms of the uh, playoffs because they're the third best against the tight end. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, he gets Pittsburgh and they're not great. They're kind of middle of the road against the tight end and Cleveland right. who just are terrible against everything. But more so than schedule, you just look at Cincinnati's offense and how they use Tyler Eifert. And before Tyler Eifert came back from his injury, how they were running their offense, it was apparent that they were missing a red zone threat i mean they would drive down the field and they couldn't punch it in eifert comes back and he gets i mean he was utilized like gronk in this last game basically gronk light yeah i mean i mean if you if you watch the game i mean he was they were leaning on him heavily he had over 10 targets had nine catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown he saw his red zone target he was getting looks on big third down plays so you know Dalton is comfortable throwing to him and at such a volatile position uh it might be a huge benefit to have a red zone monster like Tyler Eifert uh because he's good for the touchdowns but the way he was being utilized in that game he also had an incredibly high floor without that touchdown you take that touchdown away and he's still over 10 points which is absurd for a tight end you don't really see that outside of Gronk and maybe Jordan Reed and when he's healthy, mm-hmm. or Greg Olson as well. These are the guys. But anyways, Tyler Eifert, what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on it. He's probably know, the third or fourth best tight end in fantasy when he's healthy. Um, and he's just like he's Dalton's security blanket now because with no no Sanu, no Marvin Jones, LaFell is bad, Boyd is a rookie <laughs> and still, like, growing. Um, it's kind of been like A.J. Green and just, like, anyone who can manage to catch the ball. Um, and so, like, Eifer was sorely missed and is, like, uh, immediately, you know, a big impact to get in the offense. Um, and, yeah, the bye week is the perfect time, like you said, to be buying from a team that is, you know, struggling. When it's like, you can't, you know, you can't afford to lose this week. You got to start looking for win nows. Um, so in that scenario, you could probably get him pretty reasonably. And even if you have to pay, like, an all right price, um, a tight end you can actually trust starting every week is, like, pretty valuable because it's hard to stream tight end. It is. It's really up and down. I mean, the only saving grace is that you're probably going to play someone who's also in the same position. Right. Uh, but if you run into somebody who's playing, you know, a, a Greg Olson or a, a Gronk or Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham's been good this year, too. So there are mm-hmm. a few tight ends out there uh, where it could lose you the week. And yeah. having that just play, start, set and leave tight end is is really valuable. I mean, it gives you peace of mind and it could be if you win that position big, it could be exactly what you need to win a week. 
Yeah, my, my sort of mindset with um, streaming versus owning a tight end is that in the first half of the season, I have no problem just streaming because you're not going to run into enough good tight ends that you lose at that position more often than not. Like, you're only going to run into, like, Gronk or Reed, like, you know, Olsen. You're only going to run into those guys maybe, like, once or twice in the first half of your season. And even if you lose those weeks, you're still going to – they're not – the tight end isn't going to be the reason you lose your week most of the time throughout the season. Exactly. But after that, you want to start acquiring one because when you get to the playoffs, it's a one-week-at-a-time system. So, like, you can't afford yeah. to lose any week because of the tight end. So that's when it's worth it to start acquiring the tight ends that can help you. Yeah, and Tyler Eifert. I think, I mean, if you look at the tight end landscape, Gronk is untouchable. I mean, he's probably as close to untouchable in the tight end position as you can get unless yeah. the Gronk owner is in serious shambles. Olsen probably comes at a high price. Uh, Jordan Reed, he's healthy again, and I mean, he's Jordan Reed. He was the second best tight end last season. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Eifert might be the most acquirable tight end right now because he's only had one game mm-hmm. where he played a full set of snaps uh, and was heavily utilized, and now he's going into his bye week, so maybe the the owner uh, needs help in other parts of his team. For a sure. For shizzle. All right, let's move on. That's enough tight end talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm sick tight of it. Talk. Let's go on to the, go on to the cells. Um, our first <laughs> first cell high of the, of the week is kind of a, a hot take, a hot steak, um, and that is Jay Ajahi. Jay Ajahi? You mean O.J. Simpson? Yes, O.J. Simpson, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jay Ajahi. But did you see those games, man? <laughs> Did you see those games? Back-to-back 200-yard games. Like they were they were very nice performances. Um, the Buffalo one especially was, like, pretty impressive. Um, so good for him. Good job, Jay Ajayi. Um, he's not, he's not going to rush for 200 yards. I'll, I'll be bold to say he's not going to rush for 200 yards again this season. I, th- I, think, that's, I think we can say that pretty safely. I'm going to go ahead and say he'll, he'll never rush for 200 yards again in his career. I think that's probably safe to say, too. Um, <laughs> and he's coming off back-to-back games, and so even if his name – doesn't mean that much. So, like, consecutive production is enough for a running back needy team to probably pay, like, a pretty good price for him or at least consider him an RB1. Um, and if the volume continues from here, which is kind of a big if because, you know, he didn't have it until week six, and then he gets it for two weeks, and they have their buy. Who knows what their plan is coming out of the buy? That's when teams adjust the most. So who even knows if he's still yeah. the, the workhorse? Um, but even if he is, regression is coming. And his schedule is rough. It's not good. Yeah, it's no. not good at all. It starts with the Jets this week, which is bad. Uh, it's pretty up and down. Like, Jets are bad. San Diego's all right. They're not, they're not as bad against the running back as the numbers look. Like, they, they allow the most touchdowns to the running back, but the, the yardage isn't really there as much. So it's sort of the numbers are kind of skewed. They're actually not that bad of a run defense. Yeah. Um, and then the Rams are a good run defense. Then he gets the Niners. That's like the holy grail matchup. But then Baltimore, yeah. Arizona, Jets, and then we're we're in the fantasy playoffs, and you don't you don't want you don't want facing Arizona and Jets in the first two weeks of your playoffs. So that's you don't want you don't want Arizona in the first week because yeah. that could I mean if you lose that first week of the fantasy playoffs, you're done. You're done. Yeah. And I wouldn't feel confident starting Jay Ajahi against Arizona in the first week of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And right now his value is sky high. I mean even sky before his me. first two hundred. Sky Academy. You know. <laughs> Even before his first 200-yard game, he had a another 10-plus point performance because he got into the end zone. So he's had three consecutive double-digit weeks, and the last two have been like 
monstrous games mm -hmm. where if you are selling Jay Ajahi, his buy is done now. So that can also help your narrative. Like, hey, you're in bye week hell. Well, here I am. Jay Ajahi, he's back. After his two consecutive monster games, you know you want him. But another thing is the Dolphins. The Dolphins. I mean, you have to have confidence in their offense. And I know that their offensive line is actually, when healthy, they're really, really good. They're yeah. one of the best in the league. But they've only been healthy for two games. And Jay Ajahi has benefited from that. An injury could happen. I mean, that's the schedule first and foremost. Look at the schedule. Second, look at their team. I mean, the games where he went nuclear, they played a Pittsburgh team that lost Ben Roethlisberger, and they had a lead, and they were able to kind of just grind away. And Jay Ajahi was, you know, a huge benefactor. Then they had a game against Buffalo. Uh, and like you said, the Buffalo game was really, really impressive, actually. Yeah. Just watching that game, he kind of just he won them that game. He ran all over Buffalo. Yeah. But the schedule, I mean, geez, if Miami finds themselves trailing in these games, which they easily could, they're not a great team, and they don't have a great defense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they play teams like San Diego, who could put up big numbers against them, and that's one of his positive matchups, where he might possibly get game scripted out. Uh, they play Arizona, New York, and Buffalo in the playoffs, which doesn't Jets, okay, that's tough. Buffalo doesn't look terrible considering he just ran all over them. But these are games I don't know if I feel confident with Miami winning. Uh, no. So there's a whole bunch of factors going into this Jayajahi thing. But the number one is just his value right now. If he has a bad game against New York, then people might start thinking, well, okay, he's come back to earth. I'm not yeah. going to pay tip-top value. But right now he is being sold as a league winner. Mm. Jay Ajahi is a league winner. He's the workhorse back. We'll see how he's utilized out of the buy, but I don't think his value will ever get higher than this. So go ahead and trade him because right now you could probably get RB1 value, uh, RB2 value, or you can package him with somebody else to get like a, a stud possibly with what his value is right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. It's uh yeah, his name isn't worth that much. So as soon as he has one bad game, it's like, never mind. This is the real Jai. Um I've been having this problem with, uh, you know, C-Mike, who we mentioned as a sell last week. And I even started trying to sell him last week. But because he had had one bad game, it was already like, no, nope, C-Mike's not a real thing. Um, yeah. And you've you got to stay ahead of that with guys like that. Their, their production doesn't match their name brand, and you're looking to sell them. And Ajay is the perfect example of that. So, yeah, he shouldn't be too hard yeah. to sell this week either, I don't think. I don't think, yeah. I mean... And you just hit on a, an important point with name value and fantasy is, mm -hmm. is most fantasy football players, the name means everything. So that's why there are guys yeah. like Allen Robinson who people still don't want to trade because they're Allen Robinson, even though he's been so bad this year that, I mean, you should have dumped him off weeks ago. But then you have somebody like Jay Ajahi who, even if he continues to light it up, as soon as he has, you know, a bad game or, or two bad games, that's it. I mean, look what happened with Jordan Howard. He had his couple games, and people were kind of like, all right, Jordan Howard might be a thing, but he's a rookie, plays mm -hmm. for Chicago. Nobody was really buying on to the Jordan Howard hype train. He uh, has a couple of down weeks where Kadeem Carey is kind of eating into his workload, and then all of a sudden, and, and to be fair, I don't think anybody predicted what he did against Minnesota. I mean, Jordan Howard came out and just lit it up. Mm-hmm. 
so you see this all the time where people don't really buy into a player as soon as they start to have bad weeks. Yeah. And that's going to happen with Ajahi, but not not to beat a dead horse. You can get a lot for Ajahi. I went out and traded Ajahi in a package to get Zeke uh, earlier yeah. today. So I mean, you also gave some... Devonta Freeman, so it was Devonta like, Freeman. I mean, that's that's like a, that's a fair deal for sure. But yeah, that's like that's the kind of thing you do. You package Ajayi with someone whose like name means a little bit more, and you can land like a stud probably if it's the right team. Yeah, I mean, I Freeman is is a stud. I like Freeman a lot, mm-hmm. but I like Zeke, and I like Zeke's schedule yeah. the rest of the season. Zeke's in that like uh, top like god tier of like those three running backs, like DJ Zeke and Le'Veon, that are just like league winners at this point. Yeah. All right, uh, sticking with the running back theme, uh, and a similar theme, actually, uh, is Frank Gore. Franklin Delano Gorzavell. <laughs> there it is. Beautiful. I didn't, know, I didn't know where I was going when I started that. Uh, and then at, when I was saying Delano, I was like, here it comes. I can feel this. Here it comes. <laughs> Gorzavell. That, that, that was just a moment of ad-libbing beauty right there. And that's why you watch Bench Dash. And that's why, for, for those kind of gems. Uh, yeah, Frank Gore, um, he's bad. He didn't used to be bad. He used to be really good at running back, but he's old. He's, he's 33, right? Um, dirt. He hasn't been like terribly efficient this year. Um, the volume's even been fading over the last couple of games, but he keeps scoring touchdowns, which keeps his numbers up. Over they the last do. two games, he had he went you know he only had sixty one rushing yards, but then twenty two receiving yards and a touchdown. And again, it's Chiefs only thirty seven rushing yards, but twenty five yards and a touchdown. Um, that is nice to see, but a that won't that won't keep up. You don't. Usually if a player's most of their production is coming from touchdowns, you want to sell them. Like if the artist doesn't match up with it, then it's, you know, you want to get out before the touchdowns disappear. Um, and this week he gets Green Bay, which, you know, is a good matchup. You know, we, we saw Freeman struggle against them last week, and at this point in their careers, Freeman is much better than Frank Gore. Yeah, Green Bay is still the toughest defense against fantasy running backs. Yeah, only Zeke has been successful against them, and that's because of that line and because of Zeke. Yeah. The the Eagles game for Zeke really proved it to me that it's not all the line. Like he had a few runs where like um what was it, Doug Free, like which is not playing very well, and like they would break yeah. down and he would make like a sick cut and hurdle over someone and it was like, Oh, that was all Zeke. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zeke is the real deal. I mean he's good. Anyway, back to Frank Gore. That. And Frank Gore's not. Okay. <laughs> Frank, Frank Gore's not. But yeah, he gets Green Bay this week and you know, which is bad. So he might regress, and then he gets the bye week. No one is usually buying running back during a bye unless they, you know, are stashing them long term. No one's stashing Frank Gore long term. Um, and then and after Tennessee. that, and then Tennessee, which is bad. It lines up a little bit after that, you know. And his playoff schedule isn't that bad. Houston, Minnesota, Oakland. We just saw Minnesota inexplicably get run all over. I don't know if that's a new thing that's going to keep happening. I don't really know what to make of that. Yeah, I mean. I think that's more of an outlier game. I think Minnesota is still an elite defense. It was the fact that their offense could not stay on the field was doing no favors to the Vikings defense. But the playoff schedule, I mean, you have Houston and Minnesota as the first two weeks. And now Houston, they have an elite pass defense, and they're kind of middle of the road against Mm. the run. And we saw Frank Gore put up 100 yards against Houston. So it's not a terrible matchup, but it's also not a home run matchup. No. I think – just looking at the next three weeks, that's where you want to focus. Yeah, and Gore's one of those players where, honestly, you could sell him now and probably rebuy him in like a month, and like it, he wouldn't be that expensive. 
because no one looks at Frank Gore and like, here is like my RB1 or even like an RB2 they feel confident in. But right now, because his production's been pretty good lately, you could probably sell him as like a, I don't know, mid-range to high-range RB2, which would be I great. I mean, he is, through eight weeks, we're halfway through the year, more than halfway through the fantasy year. He's the RB10. Yeah. He's an RB1 right now. Which is which is insane. Um, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. And no one it you try to sell him way, to yeah. is going to pay as an RB1, even if he technically is one. But, like, selling him as, like, a higher RB2, you know, selling him the same range as you would sell, like, um, like Latavius Murray, I guess, you know? Um, yeah. But I'd rather have Latavius Murray going forward than Frank Gore, you know? So. Oh, yeah, I would as well. Um, I mean, just looking at the lines that Frank Gore's put up is... I mean, it's it's impressive considering that he is yet to put up under 7.8 points this season. That's his lowest output, mm-hmm. 7.8. All but two of his eight games have been over double digits. Uh, he had a 7.8 performance and a 7.9 performance, but then every other game he's been over 10 points, which is ridiculous. So it gives you that floor. But then again, you're right. Uh, you probably can't sell him one for one for like an elite piece Mm -hmm. at this point but i think he's a perfect guy to sell in a package right now yeah because his schedule is so bad for the next month really you can't i mean i don't expect them to really be in any of these games in the tennessee game they'll they'll compete at least but green bay i think indy's gonna get run over uh, the bye week, I mean, bye just dominates everyone they play. I mean, I've yet to see anybody put up <laughs> any points on the bye. Uh, Tennessee uh, at home, that game will probably be competitive. But then again, Tennessee is one of those teams that they're very good against the run and they're not very good against the pass. Yeah. So I mean, I think more part of this luck. is that, like, the Colts are not an elite offense this year. They haven't been in two years. Um, but they're still perceived that way because it's Andrew Luck and he is just, like, his his brand name will forever be elite quarterback despite – what he's actually doing on a field. I mean, this, the Colts are a good offense to stream a defense against, which you never would have thought of doing two years ago. But at this point, it's like that defense is at home, and they're at least decent. It's like a totally acceptable play. Um, well, to be fair, to be fair, I have to uh, give my boy Andrew Luck some love. Stanford alum. He is the number two fantasy quarterback right now. He's, so, he's been good in fantasy, but in terms of like – He's real life. Been, yeah, turnover prone. It's, you know, most of the production comes in garbage time. Um, his, uh, his offensive line, they might have one of the worst offensive lines in, in football. Yeah. If you disregard I mean, what we saw from Minnesota and Seattle. Yeah. But it's bad. None of this is really against him. It's just that this offense as a whole is not functioning like an elite offense. Yeah. You know, maybe with Moncrief back, that changes. And a lot of Gore's big production coincided with Moncrief being out because they lost a key red zone threat. Um, and now that he's back, you know, these touchdowns that Gore has gotten, you know, five touchdowns in the last seven games, that's, that's going to regress. That's sustainable. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sell Franklin Delanor Gorzavelt. <laughs> or, I mean, he's another name you could probably throw out to a team that's in bye week hell yeah. for a player that's on their bye. You know who I'd happily do on the one-for-one? Frank Gore for, like, Alshon Jeffrey. Because Alshon is still, like, a a buy for me, you know? Because he had, like, an okay game, but the owner probably wasn't blown away, and now he's on buy, but, like, Cutler's back. That's somebody who I wanted to mention, but we mentioned him last week. But just as an asterisk buy, still go out and try to get Alshon Jeffrey. Because if Jordan Howard is, is, 
you know, pounding the rock in the running game. They have Cutler back zinging it. Their offense is going to be a lot better than people anticipate. And Cutler goes to Alshon Jeffrey. He even throws to Alshon Jeffrey when nobody's when Alshon's not looking at him. <laughs> I mean, that that was like it was like <laughs> ugly, but it was also encouraging to see his willingness to just like force feed Alshon under any circumstance. Um, Did you see that play where the ball yeah. hit him in the back of the <laughs> it head? <laughs> it felt like a game of Madden because when you play Madden, yeah. that happens sometimes. Like the receiver just doesn't turn around, and I was like, "Oh, this is this this is a total Madden moment." Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll be so bold as to say Alshon is a a top seven wide receiver the rest of the season. I don't know. Yeah. I, think I think seven he's a wide randomly. Receiver one. Yeah, he's a wide receiver one the rest of the way. The rest of the way. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. It's enough about uh, Franklin Delano or Um Let's another. <laughs> Old man running back. Another old, yeah, not as old. I mean, not really old. He's just perceived as being ancient because of the injuries. Um, Jonathan Stewart, <laughs> Jay Stewstew. Um, yeah, I thought you were gonna you're gonna roll off another president, but I didn't, you didn't go. No, with I it. couldn't. I don't know enough presidents. Um, only only Gorsevelt. <laughs> um, American education system for you. All right, uh, Jonathan Stewart. This one is like really simple. Um, he has four touchdowns in the last two games he's played. That's that's not going to keep happening. Numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, two 20-point performances, right? Yeah. I mean, now's the time. You look at Jonathan Stewart. Now, here's the asterisk with Jonathan Stewart. He has the second easiest schedule for the running back, but you can use this as your narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Because with Jonathan Stewart, he's bound to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He helped nobody during the fantasy playoffs last year because he got hurt, even though he had a great second half of the yeah. year. I mean, he was the, hurt the entire fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the injury concern is real with him. With most players, when that's brought up, it's like, well, you know, you can't predict that. But with Jonathan Stewart, he's it just always seems to be dinged up. Um, and the he's about to go into L.A., who are that's a good run defense, and they're coming out of the bye, so they're fresh. They've been game planning for this for their entire lives, basically. Um, for Jonathan Stewart in particular. For Jonathan Stewart, in part- exactly that. Um, <laughs> and I think this whole thing of like him getting these like you know one yard touchdowns is, that's going to regress because I don't you know we saw Cam running a touchdown himself against the Saints and it just didn't happen against Arizona. But the narrative you can sell is Cam got hurt running, so he's going to run less, and so now Stewart's getting the goal line work instead. Um, I don't think that's actually the case. I think that's just kind of you know things fell that way the last couple of weeks because. He's always gotten some goal line work. It's not like it's never been any running back gets a goal line carry. Um, but I think that evens out over the rest of the season. We see, you know, Cam start to run it in more. The touchdowns are going to disappear again for Stewart. Ains be back to one of those, like, you know, seven to nine point RB2s, which is fine. But right now you can sell him as, like, a, a legit RB1. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you look at his week against Arizona, Arizona has a very good run defense. Let's not say anything otherwise. But Jonathan Stewart, uh, he, I mean, his efficiency wasn't great. He was under four yards a carry. Mm -hmm. He was just kind of catapulted by the two touchdowns. And even in the week before, he had good numbers against New Orleans, but not amazing numbers in terms of running efficiency. Yeah. He had 19 for 85, which is just over four yards of carry. So the two touchdowns, four touchdowns in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, you can sell them for a lot right now. Yeah. Especially with the schedule. There's a lot of narratives you can use to your advantage here. Look at what he did last year in the second half. Cam is getting banged up. Jonathan Stewart's going to be the 
premier goal line back. Look at his schedule, second easiest the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his playoff schedule is is a dream, and that might help you sell him as well. We, I'm not usually an advocate of selling somebody uh, that has such a good playoff schedule. I mean, his week 15 and 16 are Washington and Atlanta, mm-hmm. who are just terrible yeah. uh, in terms of run defense. San Diego is his, his first matchup as well. And they give up a lot of touchdowns. So he does have a very good playoff schedule. But like you said, L.A. next, then Kansas City. Uh, so the next two weeks might be a little bit rough for him. And yeah, I mean, he's a he's a soft sell. You know, whereas Ajayi and Gore are like, go out and sell him right now. Stewart's like, sell him if someone's willing to treat him like an RB1 or like a, like a higher-end RB1. Then go ahead and do it. Like, if you can package, like, Ajayi and Stewart for, like, a, a top-five running back, like an actual one, you know, if there's a running back needy team that's sitting there, if the, like, the Zeke owner or like the Bell owner is sitting there and they're like, you know, two and six and they're like, I got to win right now and they don't have any other running backs, Ajayi and Stewart might be able to land you one of them. Now, how about this? How about one Lamar Miller who is on a bye this week? If you are set up on your team or you maybe figure you're going to make the playoffs, I mean, you never want to assume that, but mm-hmm. if you have a solid record and you can afford to acquire somebody who's on a bye, you have startable players. You can go out and get somebody like Lamar Miller. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think definitely. I would, I would take Lamar Miller over Jonathan Seward every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, and you might be able to swing a trade like that yeah. because Lamar had – well, he had an okay game because of the touchdown. But, I mean, it wasn't great in terms of efficiency either. No. So you can maybe sell like a Jonathan Seward or a Frank Gore plus another piece to get a Lamar Miller this mm-hmm. week. Or you might be able to – honestly, you might be able to swing Jonathan Seward for Lamar Miller straight up. Because Lamar Miller, enough, yeah. Because Lamar Miller's had his one monster game, but outside of that, he's kind of been floating around. He has a really high floor, which is good, but he's you expect the monster numbers from Lamar Miller. And Jonathan Stewart just put up two monster games. So that's something you might be able to swing. Maybe like a mid-level wide receiver along with Jonathan Stewart to go ahead and get a Lamar Miller there. Yeah, I feel it. Uh, that's enough about Jonathan Stewart. I think we've made our point. Your love child, Jonathan Stewart? He, he was in, like, July. Yeah. And, uh, and then I cooled off of him. And then I, now I hate him, and I, and I want to get rid of him, even though and I don't own him anywhere. You, you left him on the stoop of the, uh, the, the fire station. <laughs> yeah. your, your love child, Jonathan Stewart, you're like, I can't deal with him anymore. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm not ready to be a parent of Jonathan Stewart. A la Shameless season. Do you watch Shameless? Yes, I did. I haven't seen the last season, though. Uh, one of the characters tries to do that, and I think the most recent season is Shameless. That's a big oh, spoiler. spoiler. I didn't bro. say who it was, though. So Damn. Yeah. Anyway, okay. that, is, that is it for our buys and our sells, our trade, and our talk. Yes. <laughs> the gym <laughs> is, 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 is Franklin Delano Gorzevelt. If you only take away one thing from this, it's Franklin Delano Gorzevelt. <laughs> and if you own Frank Gore... You should change your team name to that right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe don't just sell them just so you can have that team name. I mean, I don't I mean, own that's him, a, and I might change my team name anyway. That'll that's really, a league-winning name that's, right there. Is, there. is there a merit to a strategy where you play against some? when you're playing against someone, you change your team name to a player you don't own just to get in their head? You know, like you <laughs> change it to that, and they're like, well, you don't even own Frank Gore, and it just confuses them, and then they get flustered and mess up setting their lineup. 
Yeah, you're really into like these <laughs> fantasy superstitions, like these mind games. I don't yeah, know if, for all the listeners out there, anyone who's watching this, comment below if you guys have any weird like fantasy superstitions that you do, or if you're one of those teams that benches everybody, <sighs> like Leo. You bench I, your entire team, so some reason this is going to cause the other team to panic because they have no idea who you're going to play because that definitely affects their team, right? <laughs> it if, shouldn't. If they don't <laughs> it shouldn't, but I've had a couple times, Not it hasn't worked at all this season, but I've had a couple times in the last couple of seasons where I do it and the other owner will text me on like Friday or Saturday being like, what's, what's going on with your team? And they, and they just get all upset and flustered. Um, I don't remember what the outcome was, but it was at least enjoyable for me. That hasn't happened at all this season to the point where I've, I've stopped benching because it's just not it's, – it's harder for me to look up my team when everything is benched. Yeah, the only way I could ever see that working is if somebody assumes because of the weird starting lineup you're throwing out there or maybe you put all your bench players in. Yeah. That's another strategy. Uh, so the projection total is really low. The only way I could see that possibly having an effect is if the other owner got so confident – that they were going to win that week, that they ended up making some bonehead move mm. where they like made a trade because they're already looking a week ahead. Uh, <laughs> or they they went without a kicker or defense. They'd rather keep all their position players. I've seen teams do this, like, oh, I yeah. got this win. Soda. So they <laughs> just didn't play a kicker. And then they all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes before kickoff, you're like, oh, just kidding. Swap in all your starters. And then they're tilted. <laughs> um, I will say, I mean, I've never seen. I have. I've played a matchup without a kicker once. I didn't want to drop a player. I don't remember what happened. It was a bad idea, though. I felt like an idiot <laughs> while I was doing it. Um, <laughs> but I will say that like a lot of people will base their flex off of like, do I need the floor? Do I need the ceiling? And so if That's they see, so if they see you sitting there, like, oh man, their team is projected really low, and they just like don't look at your bench for some reason. <laughs> it's like oh, it's projected really low. I'll just play my safer flex because I wouldn't get that many points. Maybe that makes a difference. It could, and then their like boomer bus play goes off on their bench, and they're sitting there just pulling their hair out, like, uh, yeah, I've been had the mind games. There it is. So it's not bench your your team; it's start your bench players, and then the last second flip them. Yeah, uh, I have a thing where I ca- I can't really, I don't really watch my players mm. because every time I watch my players, I feel that they'd never perform. So I'm one of those box score warriors or twitter i have all the different apps up where i'm kind of just updating on what's happening but i'm never watching that's one of my superstitions because every time i feel like oh i'm super excited to watch lamar miller eat this game and then i tune in (laughs) and he's getting like three yards of carry and i'm like what is going on i can't handle this so i change it and just watch the raider game because that's much more enjoyable i've been doing more of that lately i used to go to a bar and watch like every game and now it's, it's just like not even, it's too stressful trying to keep up with that many games at once. And you feel like you didn't watch any of them. Um, so yeah. now it's just been like, I'll pick like one game at each time or like one or two games because my buddy has like two TVs at his apartment. So like two games at each time, watch them regardless of five people. Oh, bro, not. don't go flaunting your economic status at our, all of the tours. <laughs> two TVs is not a big deal, what? man. I mean, you know, he has a roommate and they each have one, so it's less impressive. <laughs> Um, Not all of us fantasy players get to watch two TVs at the same time. Yeah, man. If you don't, your life sucks. Uh, all right, let's let's all right, let's let's, uh, let's soda this up. Um, like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for watching. Um, you know, tell tell us your your fantasy superstitions in the comments if you feel like it. If you don't, yeah. Do you do you watch games Stark naked? James Stark naked. James Stark's naked. Boom. Um, 
Yeah, and we will, we will catch you with sneaky starts here in a day or two. And or right now. Or right now. <laughs> what? If this was like a, a playlist, maybe. Um, and they were watching it all on like Saturday night, like time to binge watch all of Ben Stash's content. That's my Saturday night. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are at least like one or two people that do that. There was one guy. Right, you, guys? you saw it on Twitter. It was uh, our number one fan, Florida Flamingos, was tweeting at us. Shout about, out to Florida Flamingos. Shout out to, he was about sneaky starts. On Saturday night, and I was at a Halloween party, and I'm like, I'm drunk. And I'm like, I don't know what to, and then like, luckily you like responded and like a, cleared it up. This is a family show. I was, family oh, show. I was, I'd, I'd had a lot of soda. Um, and like, you, you replied and like cleared it up for him. Um, and he responded being like, oh, thanks. I wanted to, you know, pop on sneaky, put sneaky starts on my TV for my Saturday night. And I was like, holy, what? That's how you know we've made it, man. <laughs> That's a super fan right there. Yeah, we've made it to somebody's big screen. Yeah, man, that, that was Woo. that was a nice moment for me. It was the happiest I think I've ever been. Which uh, the happiest since somebody <laughs> quoted our uh, what was it? Screaming hot values. That one. Every once in a while, someone reminds us that like at least a couple people are watching and listening. Yeah, screaming hot values. That doesn't happen in a while. Oh, wow. You abandoned that drop. Um, oh, all right, let's close now. this up. This this ending has gone Good. off the rails. All right, so we probably have our own, like, uh, superstition segment now. Boom, new video happening. (laughs) All right, we'll catch y'all on the flippy-floppy. Flippy-floppies!